Wait, I just have to put you off mute. What? You muted me? I did. <laughs> Man. I guess that's what it I guess that's what it like temporarily feels like being canceled for a second. <laughs> for like two seconds, right? Just like takes me back to 2018 vibes. Are we live? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's up? Man? Um I don't know, man. You tell me. I'm over here, like over like the camera is like trying to pick the right angle. Like, you know, hey Mark, you know, I'm gonna keep zooming in and zooming out. Right now, my second monitor is acting up, aka my phone. Oh, no. So it won't go back to the okay, here we go. I like to keep track of everything on multiple devices, so I have it all in front of me, you know? Not a problem. Not yeah. a problem. All right, so how are you today? Like, you know, I'm seeing a little, I'm seeing a new, a new vibe over here or whatever. <laughs> I don't know you're gonna say that. So, okay, we actually were gone last Tuesday, meaning the come up series. We are here yes. every Tuesday. For those of you that are new, we usually are here, um, but we took a vacation um, and now we're back. So it feels good to be back. Miss y'all. Um, I was celebrating my 11th wedding anniversary to my amazing. Wish I, could, I wish I could do like a sound effect for a round of applause. I know. Right. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. Um, and now we're back. So Mark. Yes. How have you been? Uh, Busy, <laughs> busy, busy, busy. A lot of people have been asking me what is it that I've been up to or what is it that we've been up to in the background. And uh, not going to tell you yet, <laughs> but just know that we are working on some pretty cool things. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, life is good. Uh, life is busy. Um, and I'm excited for the next few years to come forth. And I'll leave it there. Wait, did you just say the B word? I don't know. Busy? I mean, you know, I'm a whole different breed, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see how many different B words I, I use today. Start okay. the counter. All right. So, all right. So, without further ado, let's get into it. What's good, everybody? I'm Mark Monroe, accompanied by my wonderful co host, co producer, co creator, and all things galactic, but also sitting over here, coming fresh from Leisureton. Because, you know, she was gone or whatever, you know, on her leisurely vibes. If you weren't checking IG, then you totally missed out a whole vibe. But uh, give it up for none other than... So, man, you seen the place to be? What does it, cousins? On this fine Tuesday. Okay, okay. And welcome to the Come Up series, but a.k.a. this TV show is called The Av. Like we say... Whether events, yard, class, or the CAV, we're all connected to the AV. And when it comes to the markets, there's definitely an AV, and that is AKA Wall Street. So we definitely want to send a few shout outs, though, and get some simple housekeeping out of the way. Like, for example, if you haven't subscribed yet, you know, come on. <laughs> like, come on. But no, um, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button down below. I have to get that, like, down. Like, you know, as you can see, like, you know, camera loading something's yeah. gonna be shot soon uh on on screen on screen um and on top of that if you want to be in the note just like who was it today who was it today Perfect. coming in for the three peat like the chicago oh, bulls 
Oh Let's go, God. cousins. Give it up to, for none other than Cousin Curtis Lane. We see you out here, brother, hey, and we cousin. salute you, my guy, for making sure that you had your bell on. And as soon as the video went up, you were like, hey, I'm here. So we salute you. Thank you so much for being here. And on top of that, if you want to be in the know just like how you did, make sure you hit that bell. And on top of that, if you think that this is a pretty awesome show and you think that we're dope, go ahead and hit that like button. You know what? We'll make a deal with you. Hit the like button now. And then if something transpires before then, you know what? It's okay. You can unlike it. But we have a feeling that you're going to like it. You know what? Cue that brand, by the way. You know, that dope logo. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering why it wasn't there. Well, you know, it's, you know, you had to kind of like pause for the effect, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Jolyn. Yes. Now that we're back. Yes. What's been going on? Like, yo, we leave y'all for like one week. Okay. So, first of all, a lot of, you know, data came out that is the reason why this market um, dropped. So, we have the Dow coming in at negative. Um, let me see, 1,276.37 points. So we're now at a level of 31,104.97. Then okay. the S&P 500 was down negative 177.72 points. So now we're at levels of 3,932.69. And the NASDAQ, negative 632.84 points. So we're now below 12,000 mark and we're at 11,633.57. And the VIX is keeping it spicy at 27.27 points um, to the upside. And then we got uh, the 10 year treasury note is 3.424 percentage points. So it's increasing and we'll talk more about what, oh my gosh, I almost didn't say it. What the is it? Um, we'll go back to that or what they're most likely to do. Okay. And so then we head on over to sector performance. Um, there are 11 sectors and we track the top three and the bottom three. So we can see what that rotation is looking like. We have energy, utilities, and health in the top three places. However, they're still negative. And for the bottom three, my top three, Mark, are just swimming at the bottom. Consumer discretionary, tech, and communication services. Heading over to pick performance. If you don't know by now, or maybe you are just new to the crew or what have you, there, we have a whole pick list. You can find it on our Instagram page at that come up series and um, scroll through and you will find our list of the picks, a.k.a. the sips. So coming in in the top place, we have SQQ with a very impressive 16.50 percentage points to the upside. Yes. Then we have our Invesco Optimum Yield, that's ticker symbol PDBC at negative 0.57. And then we have Marco Corp, that's ticker symbol MKL, negative 1.10 percentage points. Then for our bottom feeders, we have NVIDIA at a negative 9.47 points, mm. followed by Unity, negative 13.35 points. And TQQQ negative 16.46 points. So look at that contrast. Look at that contrast. A little sum, sum for everybody. Yes. So, Mark. Yes. All right. So, just so everyone knows what we're going to be talking about today. Obviously, we're going to talk about CPI. But as Mark hinted earlier on uh, Twitter, 
there's more to the story. So we're going to get all into the details, all of that. We also got to talk about what the Fed is most likely to do. And there is the beige book that we're going to look at. But then we're really going to focus on the data so we can make informed decisions based on data, not based on feelings or anything like that. We're looking strictly at the data. So, Mark, oh, we also have some questions. Okay, so which one should we knock out for? Let's knock out the questions first. Let's knock okay. out the questions. All right, hold on. Let me cue that up right quick. Because it's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yes, it has. It has. It has. Okay, so for some questions, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We have. Okay, so it says nine September is the worst month. How much more do you think the market is going down? I mean, we're pretty much hearing across multiple subsectors of the world or the investment community. Some are saying that we're going back to test the June lows, which is around the 36, 34 range. Some people are saying that we go even lower than that, which is about 35. Um, then on top of that, we've been kind of holding around this, around that range of, I think it was like 3,900. So we've been holding that fairly steady. Um, I think that, you know, the biggest thing is when I think about it and looking at where we go, I think I should turn to a chart. And it's been a minute since I've actually used some charts here, hasn't it? And I mean, it is Tuesday. That is fair. That is that is very much so fair. All right. So I'm actually going to do something today, which is kind of unorthodox. But let's see if I can actually get it up and going on my screen. But actually, we're gonna stick to we're gonna stick to this part of the chart because I feel like it. I've been sticking with this narrative for quite some time now, and so I think they will do some justice. Um, let me do a share screen, and hopefully everybody can see my screen. Um, let me know if you can see it. All right. Yeah. So can you see my screen? Yeah, I think you should take this off though to make it bigger. Yes, I shall. And I will also just happen to remove our wonderful bird off of the screen for a second. So that way you can get a good look. All right. So this is, again, for those of you that aren't aware, I'm using the US 100 divided by US uh, 500, which kind of like gives me a solid ratio uh, point because I sometimes look at things in ratios. Yes, I'm weird like that. Um, but one of the interesting things is, is that I'm still following along as it pertains to this trend line that I had drew out earlier this year. And pretty much we've been getting into this point where we hit this high point and then essentially we reject off of it. We have this, this depending on what you define as long term, but I will say since really of the peaks of last year all the way to where we are now, we've been in a downward trend, um, which is a bearish trend. Um, but at the same token, our long-term bullish trend has still been plugging and chugging away. So where I see us now, I definitely see that if this still holds true, we could be possibly seeing that essentially that we still consolidate. And I'm going to be very interested to see exactly what the market does moving from here, whether or not we go from the upside. And when I say from here, what I mean by... If you look at your chart today, wherever you are, if you're listening in, um, take today's date, which is pretty much September 13th, and then essentially looking at from September or August 5th to September 13th today, you'll see that we've been in this in a pretty much trading within either a range or in a downward trend. Um, 
and then essentially seeing exactly where we pop up to. Now we've been we've been formulating some specific patterns here, like for example, some higher lows. Um, so that would be interesting to see if that still takes or if we break that trend and literally go down to the downside. If we do, then that can spell more pain. And that's where people are saying that when we get down to the levels of July, July 6th or June uh, 14th, those should be interesting dates to definitely pay attention to um, on whatever chart you're looking at. So even if I was to kind of like look at it from, let's say on a NASDAQ futures uh, chart, then you could see kind of like that same type of behavior transpiring, which looks, you know, oddly familiar, right? If you think about it, mm -hmm. here's a secret. If you look at this chart and then you look at this chart, they pretty much trade about the same. Um, so if you really want to get an idea of what is it that we're doing, literally look at where is it, do we break the, do we break the long-term bullish trend and head towards the downside or do we stick to the long-term bullish trend and we still got a lot of room to bounce up off of but again if we stick to that trend then essentially there may be this consolidation period where we could possibly break out of this but again something is going to have to give on this side of the on, on the other side of the table which is the economic table and that's what ultimately kind of like spooked and shocked the market today which is why we saw such a huge drop in the NASDAQ, S&P 500, and Dow Jones Industrial. Wow. Yeah, the chart is, I mean, it's, I've seen better, <laughs> you know, I've seen better, but I mean, at the same point, it's like, now we're looking for catalysts in the market. To yes. There's no reason right now. Yeah, so the market definitely needs like because a lot of the things in which that have been plaguing the market just, you know, throughout since June, right, since we came up off of those lows, a lot of those issues still persist. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, we still don't know exactly what the what the effects are yet as it pertains to China's economy with zero COVID, as well as the real estate bubble, which is probably bursting. Um, and then on top of that, to see exactly how exposed uh, a lot of the U.S. or domestic or even other overseas firms, how much they're they're closely tied to it. We also have geopolitical tensions, not only just between Ukraine and Russia, but China and also Taiwan. Then on top of that, we also have to consider um, we also have to consider this for the fact that also supply chains, supply chains are still in a recovery mode that still hasn't recovered back from pandemic levels. We are hearing about some cases, but in other cases we have not. And on top, well, which leads me into the, the CPI data, um, which is consumer price index just for everybody. Um, but again, let's, shall we get into that data real quick for everybody? Yeah. So let's go to our wonderful news release from None other than the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. Shall we? Yes. Let's get into it. All right. So let me know if everybody can see this screen. Yes. Okay. So uh, let's do it like this. So just in case, if you need to, um, we can definitely uh, throw up. Let's see here. Let's get rid of that banner. All right. So we can definitely throw up uh, this link. So that way it's available for everybody in the chat. So that way they can follow along with us. 
So one second there, there you go. So if you want to follow along, uh, there, these are going to be the resources in which that we share with everybody. So we're going to be going through the beige book. And on top of that, we're going to be going through the CPI data, which is also PDF format. So both of them are in PDF. So that way, if you want to follow along with us, but all right, so here are some of the, the, the headlines. So of course, the number one headline that everybody's reading is, is that we rose by 0.1%. Now, of course, the other part of that headline was that we saw, you know, adjustments, whether it was in energy costs and food. But the big thing that really took the story, if we go back a little bit is, let's see here, let's see here, let me see if I can pull it up. All right, so that's too much into the weeds of the data, so we'll just keep it here. So here are the areas in which that we saw, and I'm gonna just pull up the screen so that way everybody can see it. Um, here are the areas in which that we saw massive amounts of increases across the board. So I'm going to literally bring this down a little bit so that way everybody can see it. Um, okay. All right, so let's take a look, shall we? Yes. If we look at it across the board, sorry. Uh, Trying to get into the simple format for everybody. Okay, here we go. All right, so if we look at it across the board, here are the blue line represents all items and then the other ones represent all items, less food and energy. So if you look at all items, less food and energy, you see that we had a rise, but if you look at all items and that means that everything that's that was within the CPI data, it can tell you that essentially that, yo, hey, that we saw that things were still on the decline. And I think that when we see that, that next read that comes out, that includes food and energy. We'll probably see that all together. Um, but here are the things that really kind of like stole the show. So when we look at the differentiation between the between the categories, we see that energy was down about point was down by five. Uh, and then of course we saw food kind of like come down also flat, uh, as well as food away from home. But the things that literally started to pick up was definitely areas of energy services which is say, for example, your utility. So like utility piped gas service, that went from negative 3.6 to a positive three and a half. So that definitely changed a little bit of the perspective, but then there's this other thing that we got to look at called shelter. So AKA, you know, rent, stuff like that. We saw that that increased by 0.2% or by 0.2. Um, and then on top of that, the other thing that we saw was medical services that went up by an entire uh, that, that just doubled. So those are things that ultimately played in to what we saw. Another thing that we saw, like, for example, within the data was we saw that it was once upon a time down by 0.4 in used cars and trucks to now down by 0.1. So that also caused, you know, for some type of, you know, hey, what's going on here? Same thing that we saw within new cars. Now, mind you, we were coming down significantly. And then, of course, we had a nice little pop here in, in these areas. And remember what uh, cousin Chuck had said, it may be the fact that you still see that these things are coming down, but due to the fact that we could see that things like spike here and there, and the Fed definitely takes those into consideration. Now, the interesting thing is, will the Fed with this data, does it have enough for them to move forward and say, hmm, well, let's go ahead and still raise by 75 basis points. So now you have camps that are that are saying that the market is preparing for a 75 basis point move. But then there are others in the camp that are saying we still expect a 50 basis point move. And then there are some that are starting to say that maybe just maybe 
the Fed has done more than enough and it may be time to step away. But we're going to get into that in a little bit. But if we're looking at the data, you know, this was not a this was not a good read as it pertains to CPI, but it wasn't a significantly bad read either. I mean, in these types of times and keep in mind this is for the month of August, in these types of times we're going to see fluctuations within the data. But when we look at it, say, for example, on a quarter to quarter basis, then that should start to kind of like tell us a story. So I would just be mindful for everybody when looking at the data, you know, really, you know, hey, don't be too shocked when you see these these spikes. I think it's just that way right now because we're leading up to a Fed uh, rate hike meeting. And then on top of that, there is a lot of built in as it pertains to where do we go as we close out the year? So. I think that at the end of the day, we'll get to, well, I really want to get to that beige book, but we'll get to it. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to get to that beige book because I think that 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 will definitely kind of tell. But if I'm, if I have to do a a quick little breakdown of what we saw in today's market, Mm -hmm. I think that you had, you had a lot of, you know, euphoria that started to come into the market where people started to have a little bit too much of an optimistic approach of where the market was headed. And we saw a lot of folks that were literally coming in with huge amounts of call volumes that were, you know, saying, Hey, well, we expect that the worst is over. The worst is not over until the data says the worst is over. And this is the reason why they always tell people don't trade on things like earnings. Don't trade on things like CPI data. Um, But the interesting thing is if you look at the beginning of that document, which is, I find very, very intriguing. It says transmission of material in this release is embargoed until 8.30. So which which meant somebody knew. Mm. (laughs) But what's the next thing? What's the next thing on our agenda? Um, So we have, well, we have a couple more questions. Let's do it. All right, let's take, let me see. Let's take one, let me see. Hold on, hold on. Let's take a couple more questions, maybe like two. Let's do it. And then move on to um, the Fed. So hold on right quick. Okay, someone asked. um, Okay, some of these questions have already been answered. So one of the questions was, why a sell-off today with only 0.1% CPI, but year-over-year is down? So we kind of already answered that, but here's another question. How will geopolitical conflicts affect chip stocks in the future? Um, they can have, they can have definitely impacts. I mean, of course, you know, they can definitely have impacts, especially depending on where, like what the percentage of the business is. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, what we saw within, I guess the issue back with NVIDIA and China, I think that had represented what 7% of their entire revenue. So, which is substantial. I mean, when you think about how many units that they move and everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's like, truth be told, I think their companies always tend to do a very good job of finding ways around it. (laughs) Um, Because I've seen in multiple occasions when we've seen that companies have been like kind of like blackballed or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they still find a way to essentially, have you ever noticed that? And I know that you've seen it where it's like you've seen that like companies were blackballed from doing something, but then at the same token, their earnings seem like it was like not significantly affected. 
So which meant that okay, hey, either they had new orders before and they had give they were given the early jump. Um and on top of that, it's like the other part that I look at is if if it becomes something that where it's really, really a story, you know, the first people to typically know are the are the massive investors, the funds. You know, and I think that, you know, as it stands right now, you know, yes, there's a huge risk when we think about geopolitical tensions. But, you know, the question is, is that if you're like if we if we think about if you're buying a stock today, you know, you're not caring about what's happening over this month, that month. You're caring about what happens over a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. You know, and if the yearly basis, if the if the year long you know strategy is starting to be you know, impacted, not the stock, but the year long strategy as it pertains to the company doing business. Now there's a problem. But if there is not, and if it's a, if it's something in which that they can prepare themselves for minimal blowback, then, you know, keep calm and carry on. You know, companies go through these, these, these challenges all day, every day. You know, it kind of takes me back to startups. You know, startups deal with challenges all the time where stuff yeah. falls apart and it doesn't change um it doesn't change when you go from startup to becoming a publicly traded company you're going to still face some of the same issues like i'll give you guys an example when some startups back like during the time of let's say during the period of 2012 to let's say 2016 there was a bunch of startups that once when they hit a, a, a certain road of success or a certain milestone of success then they got hit with a bunch of lawsuits. Now, many of those lawsuits were frivolous, but you know, to companies that you know are still just beginning, you know, that can make or break a company. And those are just challenges in which that they have to go through um, in order to in order for their pathway of success. Nobody really has a straight line to success in in this world of business. So the same thing that we see that the challenges that we see that startups face that we see you know, growth stage and scale and scaling companies face. Same thing works for some of your larger companies. Um, they just give you solid good reads as it pertains to the economics though. That that that's the biggest thing. Okay, so what we got from back in a bit, what we got from the CPI basically is it's up. Um, and the areas that were increased the most would be uh, food, electricity and rent. So mm-hmm. now moving over to the Fed, that kind of sets up the context for what the Fed may do given that information. Yes. So let's go into that. So I, I put the link in there for everybody to follow. Now, of course, I'm not going to go through this 32 page document, but I challenge everybody to read this document. Um, because it will really open up a lot of your eyes as it pertains to what's happening, you know, on the other side of the token. Um, so let's get into that real quick, shall we? Yes. Okay. So this is our wonderful beige book. So just so that way you understand, like for those in whom we should have never really understood, these are the different areas of the federal reserve. So of course you have the San Francisco fed and look at the, the territory in which they cover. Mm-hmm. You have Kansas city, the territory they cover, of course, Dallas, what they cover, Atlanta, Richmond, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Cleveland, Chicago, and then Minneapolis. And I think that we could just tie Alaska and Hawaii to San Francisco also. So just for the record. 
Um, so these, each and every single one of these federal reserve territories focus on specific areas, but they give you solid good reads of what's going on. And I think that this is something that is like, you know, the information that you get within this is highly invaluable, but let's just do a quick breakdown. So for example, I'm going to just go through and just look at the, the summary. Uh, this is the summary of the United States right now. So this is the beautiful thing about it. So let's start off with Philadelphia. Business activity held steady compared with the prior beige book period. So if you go back to the, and it's always cool when you go back and cross-reference the beige books from when they were published to when the next one was produced, you can kind of like see the lineage of, you know, where we are. But, you know, so manufacturing among other sectors continued to decline. Employment grew slightly despite increased talk of a recession. Firms reported wage and price pressures subsided but growth remained at a moderate and strong pace, respectively. Hiring, supply chains, and price growth remain key challenges for most firms. Firms' expectations for future prices fell. Now, we're going to go to Chuck's you know, region, which is the St. Louis Fed, which is, now notice you may see some things as I read this, it starts to get a little bit repetitive, which is kind of like, and then some things may be completely different. So, for example, economic conditions have declined slightly since our previous report, Slowing consumer demand and continued price increases have continued to uh, a weaker outlook. Residential housing activities slowed and rental demand rose. Manufacturing and agricultural firms saw significant input price increases. Okay, so then we're going to skip down to, let's go to Atlanta. You know, shout out to all the Atlanta cousins. It's, it's like, yo, if, if your city is represented in this, go ahead and rep your city in the chat. Yeah. Um so economic activity grew slightly, labor markets eased some, but wage pressures continued. Many non-labor costs moderated, retail sales softened, leisure travel, hey, that's you, Julian, leisure travel activity slowed while business travel grew. Housing demand weakened. Uh, commercial real estate conditions were mixed. Manufacturing activity was strong. Demand for transportation services was mixed. So remember when we started, like there was also a story out about like what's happening with Uber. And I think it was Dara Kash, uh, Hash, I'm not even gonna try to butcher this man's name, but CEO Dara was like, literally, you know, we're seeing in certain market areas where we're seeing that transportation services are doing very, very well and others are coming back online. So in Atlanta, transportation services were mixed or in that area or in that region, banking activity was, steb was steady. Now let's go to Texas. Let's go to the, the to our our fellow cousins based out of Texas. Uh, but here's Dallas. Economic growth in the district continued, though the modest uh, though the modest pace experienced over the summer has been a downshift from stronger expansion experienced earlier in the year. Job growth was quite robust, and wage growth remained highly elevated due to a tight labor market. Supply chain bottlenecks have begun easing and prices were not rising as fast. Outlooks were mixed as uncertainty remained elevated. All right. So interesting thing that we look at here when we see the economic growth here for Dallas, it's not a surprise, especially when you see a lot of folks that have migrated to places like Texas, mm -hmm. where you're starting to see that economic growth continue, um, where you see a lot of those companies that have started to like, significantly recruit and invest their dollars there. So if I like, I'm going to read San Francisco and then I'm going to come back to Chicago. Um, 
So, so that way you can see like the parallels between the two. Economic activity expanded modestly over the reporting period. Hiring activity grew at a modest pace amid tight labor market conditions. So both of their labor markets are tight. Wages and prices, uh, price levels increase further, albeit at a slower pace. Retail sales were stable while demand for services strengthened. Conditions in the agriculture sector were mixed. Residential real estate activity eased and lending activity was steady. Now, remember, San Francisco is one of the most expensive areas and the West Coast is also a very expensive area as it pertains to live. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, a lot of that great migration that took place came out of the San Francisco area, but not only just San Francisco from other West Coast areas in this region. So then we look at places like Chicago. Shout out to the cousins in the shy. Economic activity decreased modestly. Employment increased moder uh, moderately. Business spending was little change. So it's kind of like just flat. Consumer spending and construction and real estate declined modestly. And manufacturing orders were down moderately. Wages rose rapidly. So which means that wages are going up. Uh, as did most prices while financial conditions improved modestly. So across the board in, in that in that in that Midwest area, you know, we're seeing that everything is pretty much at a moderate level. Agriculture income expectations for 2022 were unchanged. Non-business contacts reported little change in economic activity. So these are the things, and, and the beautiful thing I love about it is, is that as you go through this beige book, mm -hmm. you start to get understanding as it pertains to the different arenas. Now, the thing that everybody I would probably send you home for, and this is something that I want the cousins to do for homework. This is your homework because I'm telling you this because of the fact that this is going to be of significant value for you as you move forward and understanding, okay, hey, this is what the Fed is saying. Okay, this is what the data says, and now you have it. Now, of course, you're still reading a lagging, you're reading something that's lagging behind the market because this was published in, on September 7th, but it's still good data that we have for the time being. And so when we look at it, the number one thing that a lot of folks are paying attention to is labor markets. Mm -hmm. So just, just to give everybody a simple crash course real quick, so that way we're all on the same page. Fed raises rates, right? Fed raises rates. And of course, you know, who benefits from, who should be benefiting from that mostly? Your banks. Well, not there yet. Why? Because when the Fed raises rates, they bring down demand. Their goal is in order to tame inflation, we're going to bring down demand so that way supply can build itself back up. And as supply builds itself back up, prices should come down. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for prices to come down. Now, in tight markets, though, so which means that in a tight market, you still see in places that certain places are expanding, but in other areas, you see them slowing down. Now, the question is, are we in a recession or are we not? Well, we've already had two solid quarters of negative GDP data. So based upon that definition, that would spell that we're in a recession. But then other folks would tell you, but Mark, what about the labor market? Well, the labor market still con is considered pretty strong, but yet at the same token, are we starting to see cracks in that? We just saw that the unemployment rate went from 3.6 to 3.7. Modest, but yet it's still something. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
Now, what we want to see is we want to see, say, for example, wage inflation or, or wage prices start to stabilize. So that is that is the major piece to the puzzle. Back to back to the to the thing. So now, of course, we see prices. So, for example, this is Boston. Let's see if we can go towards. Let's look at New York. Um, so as you can see, labor markets, employment increase modestly, like as they said. Um, businesses across all major sectors, except finance, continue to report widespread wage increases. However, one employment agency noted a leveling off in wages, and another indicated that the pace of wage growth was slowing. Businesses across all sectors plan to raise wages further in the months ahead. So, you know, it'd be interesting if you start to see that companies are starting to pay their 2023 rates in 2022. So that would be interesting to put into perspective. Now let's look at consumer spending. Consumer spending has been little changed in recent weeks. Uh, so retailers reported that business has been essentially flat, picking up a bit in July, but tapering off in the first half of August. So it kind of lets you know exactly when that cutoff time came around for receiving data for this beige book to be put together. Interesting. All right, so one retail chain noted some uncertainty about the upcoming holiday season. Anticipating a modest decline from 2021 levels, auto dealers in upstate New York reported that sales of both new and used vehicles have remained sluggish in the latest uh, reporting period, due mainly to lack of inventory, but also to affordability issues which have crimped demand. So again, if you start to demolish demand and then if you allow, say, for example, inventories to build back up, you kind of like the idea is that you start to see a little bit of price stability start to take shape, form and fashion. Now, some of these are going to move, move a lot fast. Some of these areas reporting are going to remove a lot. They're going to move a lot faster than others. And some are going to move a little bit slower in other areas. So these this is the reason why we pay attention to this data and we go through Um and what you could do is you can kind of like draw up a matrix as it pertains to like, okay, hey, is this part of, the, is this, is their data positive here or is it negative here? So that way you can kind of like start gathering consensus. Um, but then the other part is like, let's look at real estate because New York, like a lot like uh, San Francisco has pretty expensive real estate. And some people will say New York, New York real estate is expensive for no reason. Um, so home sales, mar the home sales market has softened over the summer. Now, normally, here's the thing about seasonality when we think about real estate sales. Normally, during the summer and springtime, real estate markets are pretty hot when it comes to essentially, you know, people, new mortgage applications, new buyers. That's not the case this year. And of course, it makes sense because if the Fed has raised rates, okay, there's one part which kills demand. How do you kill demand? Go ahead and bring up those mortgage rates. I think the last time that we saw mortgage rates for a 30-year fix was at 6% and a jumbo was at 5 and some change. So if you take that into perspective, who's going to buy, say, for example, real estate that's already technically at a high and then at the same token, your borrowing cost is also going to be pretty high as well. Those are things in which that we've got to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. So, for example, home prices appear to have leveled off across most of the region and the prevalence of bidding wars has recorded has receded noticeably. So when we think about bidding wars for those in whom we should have never got into the mindset of buying a home or you're not there yet or 
you know, you want to understand what that means. When you think about bidding wars, and that means that you're essentially bidding for a house or a piece of real estate, and there's probably a ton of other bidders that are willing to bid, if not just as high or if not higher. And thus, it's good for the seller. But now we're starting to see that maybe, just maybe, it may be switching from a seller's market. But right now, we're kind of like at that flat line because in order for it to become a buyer's market, it has to, we have to probably see that those rates come down. And that's where we really start to see like things really pick up. So in contrast, residential rental markets strengthened further throughout New York City. Rents continued have to, scroll, uh, to, uh, to rise briskly in July and were up roughly 20% from a year earlier in Manhattan and about 15% in Brooklyn and Queens. Rental vacancy rates turned up modestly, but are still near 20-year lows. Rents have also continued to trend up fairly strongly in upstate New York and northern New Jersey. So those are things in which that we pay attention to because this is also a key stat here that we've been seeing across the board. So if I go down to, let's say, Philadelphia, and if I go to, let's say, real estate, so if we look at within the real estate arena, the share of, let's say, existing home sales, we got that housing affordability remained a challenge and rents remain high. The share of 211 calls that sought assistance for housing have edged higher since the prior period. To 35% of total calls, 42% of those were for rental assistance. So calls out for calls for help with utility bills edged down to 20%. So those are things, and again, we're paying attention to what the data is actually telling us. So, and that's why I said, you may be getting one side of the story when we read, say, for example, the national data, but when you actually get into the weeds of the data, it really starts to tell you a much more robust and a much more cohesive story. That was pretty in-depth. Um, and it is cool because when Chuck was here, he said that they're like literally on the phone calling up businesses or businesses are calling in and sharing mm -hmm. like what is so for them. So they're getting like on the ground in the trenches data to compile these reports. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things in which that when we look at it, you know, like for example, if we look at the Bank of Cleveland, you know, financial services in their section, overall loan demand was generally unchanged as a decline in new mortgage and auto origination. So that means home buyers and you know folks that are buying cars was offset by an increase in commercial lending. So I mean, there's that. Bankers reported a notable increase in demand for commercial loans and credit that they attributed to firms initiating projects. So Again, it's something to read across because each one of these points towards specific arenas in which that it can tell you about the overall area. And then on top of that, when you put it together, you now have a robust story of the of the entire economy. Now, of course, like I said, it's lagging, but this is going to be probably the data in which that we're going to be listening to Fed Chairman Powell speak about at the next FOMC meeting or when he has to testify. This will be prepared. Don't quote me on this, but I think so. Okay. So basically next week, then we should hear more about um, what the Fed is going to do. But to me, this seems like a reason to cue the Fed aggression. You know, 
I mean, the Fed was already aggressive. I mean, the fact is, is that they've already done 275 basis points in a year, which is unheard of. I mean, the fact that they would have to go to three federal rate hikes in the same year at 75 basis points, that's unreal. Um, but it's kind of like a way of saying, you know, people are saying, well, you know, Fed, Fed Chairman Powell is trying to get his credibility back and everything else. One of the interesting things that I've, I like where I give him the benefit of the doubt is, is like, Name another Federal Reserve uh, chairman that had to deal with a pandemic like what we've had to go through. You know, just think about all the business services that literally came to a standstill. Look at the an entire country that came to a standstill. And you have to like literally navigate those waters very delicately or literally give the, the economy the boosting that it is. And the interesting thing is you see people shopping today. So which lets you know, like where once things were closed and businesses were closing left to right, you see a lot of businesses that are now starting to be reinvigorated because of the fact of some of those moves that took place earlier, you know, and a lot of times, go ahead. No, go ahead. And a lot of times we look at it in the sense of, oh, well, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but what about businesses now? Well, I mean, yeah, they're going to go through some challenging times, but a lot of those main companies that you see out there that borrowed money, they borrowed money at very good rates, mm-hmm. you know, and even then it's like, you know, if you're borrowing at, let's say like a 4% rate, but yet you have, you know, X amount of cash on your balance sheet, it's going to look like a misnomer. It's, it's literally nothing when you look at it across the board. So like, for example, take a company like Apple or a company like Microsoft, or even like companies like that are like Tesla and AMD, NVIDIA, or even companies like Netflix, Meta, that have tons of cash, Google or Alphabet, whichever one you want to call them today. Um, pretty much it's like they have tons of cash. And if they borrowed, I mean, the, the, the payback is a drop in the bucket versus essentially the cash that's sitting in their coffers for them to deploy and do some pretty phenomenal things with. So as we look forward, you know, this is now the time and i'm gonna i may go on a rant here so if you have a question go ahead and ask me (laughs) (laughs) so um we're seeing that consumers are spending right Mm -hmm. but what are the chances or where's the data that says okay that's cash versus that's credit that they're i mean they can use that data from like you know credit reporting companies. They can get that from like companies like, you know, your American Expresses, your Capital Ones, your Visas, your MasterCards. And then on top of that, you can see the transactions across the board when they're reported uh, to banks as well. I mean, banks definitely have that information of who's using who's using credit, who's using cash. Um, so yeah, I mean, certain areas when it comes to borrowing, yeah, we see that people are, are turning to, to credit, um, but overall credit spreads are still solid across the board from what we've been seeing across the data so far. Okay, so now let me get comfortable. Hold on. <laughs> okay, you have a rant? Okay, let's start this rant and I'm gonna try to like, I don't really go on long rants, so I'm gonna keep it fairly simple. Here you go. All right, so, you know, I talked about like how the, what the Fed has done and how they've moved. Okay, there's that part. But then there's this other part where I've also spoken on multiple different occasions where I've said a company is not the stock and the stock is not the company. So what you see that's being reflected in today's market is something in which that is like, I look at this as magnificent. 
Now, depending on where your starting point is or what you're, you know, where you're going through, it's a tough market for everybody across the board. I want that to be, you know, let that go on the record. It's a tough market for everyone. Um, and especially if you, if you're a long-term holder, if your 401k um, is just sitting there holding X amount and yet it's still also being crushed as well. Um, you know, if you're just sitting there in cash, you're like, okay, Hey, is this now the time to buy or whatever? I look at it like this. 2020 was a flash in the market that literally produced a significant amount of wealth transfer for X amount of people. As we go into this process, I'm going to go on the record here and say over the next three to four years, you're probably going to also see a significant wealth transfer take place. The wealth transfer is going to begin when and, and it's always funny when we see the markets or when people in the market gets the, when they start to get spooked mm-hmm. um and you start to, and, and you start to see like you know the panic and everything else yeah i mean the panic makes us all human and it, and it kind of is like the humbling experience that lets us know that hey that things could screw up but what i also want folks to focus on also is the fact that you know, there's going to be an opportunity within this time frame of the next three to four years that when we come out of this during that time period, so whether it's two, three or four years from now, you're going to see a lot of people probably reporting in a t- in an entirely different tax bracket. The markets create opportunities like this for such wealth transfer to take place. I think I said this stat a while back. When you look at the type of wealth transfer, name another market that literally name another arena of the market that literally produces that high of a wealth transfer. Real estate is not going to do that because it take it's a, it's a very slow moving and a, and then the, the other challenge to that is that we're in such a market of oversaturation of real estate that it still can create a wealth transfer, but the type of wealth transfer it's not the same. But when you see these types of things within the market, and I challenge everybody to do this, you go back and look at any moment in time in which that you have seen where markets have crashed or where markets were literally where the uncertainty was that it's all time high and everything else. You know, everybody's focused more so on the now. The now sucks. It does. But if you're an investor and if you're a true investor, you the, the the part of the now that you focus on is the deployment and also the accumulation. That's the now. Where you focus on later, which makes which makes you an investor, which where the wealth is built. Like I'll, I'll put it in, into perspective. The entrepreneur that's sitting there when they come up with an idea, when they're looking to solve a problem, they're not thinking about okay, hey, I'm going to be rich or I'm going to be wealthy today. I'm going to solve this problem today. I'm going to each day, I'm going to wake up every morning and solve a problem to validate that the product or service that I brought to the market belongs here. And over time, as it consistently grows, then essentially that company starts to gain in valuation and it grows. And over the period of time, you see the wealth itself develop and now it's been established. The same rules apply when we look at publicly traded markets. And that's why I prefaced earlier in today's show where I said, you know, don't look at companies 
like or look at companies in the same way in how we look at startups. Startups have things that fall off track all the time. As publicly traded companies, it's less so, but it doesn't mean that they still don't fall off track. The best company that I could probably say that like kind of like you know exudes that is probably Meta right now, because everybody doesn't know exactly what Meta is going to be. There's a ton of competition, so and then on top of that, there's a ton of chatter as it pertains to. You know, can Meta actually bounce back? Will they actually be able to take any more market share or will they be able to reinvent themselves? That's the question. But here's the funny thing. They were having the same question. They were having the same conversation when Snapchat hit the market. They were having the same conversation when TikTok hit the market. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same token, the company is still here. And yet at the same token, though that the company may have sold off and mind you, you know, Facebook has sold off or Meta has sold off X amount of times. I'm sticking with the example. They sold off multiple amounts of times. But yet at the same token, when you look at it over a period of time, I challenge anybody to go and look at a chart and pull at the time when you see markets are that are in, in bear market territory or that they've been like literally slaughtered for that year. Go and look at it as go and look at that company over a three year standpoint. Just three years go and look at them and you will see that they are not in the same position that they once were and we're talking about good companies don't pull up any crappy companies that we all know that it's just like look they're about to get dusted no we're talking about good companies here and when you think about that and the opportunity that sits in front of you stop thinking that your wealth is going to be built tomorrow or your wealth is going to be built today no the things that you do today or the things that you do even tomorrow literally lay down the foundations for the wealth to literally have a foundation in which that it can stand on solid like that's the part right there that everybody is missing i don't mind if you're a day trader swing trader or you're a long-term trader or you're just a long-term investment holder who cares the part is is that when you come down to it even the even if you take the day trader, the day trader understands that I'm not going to be rich or wealthy today. I'm going to probably receive a, a a rich amount of data that's going to turn into a wealth amount of knowledge for me later on down the road. But yet at the same time, I know that I must execute today and the next day and the day after that, and I'm going to have setbacks along the way but it's ultimately going to lead me on my wealth journey. The thing is, is that you have to have a plan. You have to know that you're on a destination and you have to give yourself a realistic goal of how is it that you get there? Like those are things in which that like, I see it all the time, either in my DMs and everything else where I hear about people talking about, oh, things are falling apart. Yes, they're gonna fall apart. They're gonna fall apart. But the thing is you keep at it. I look at the athlete out there that like when I look at a lot of athletes that literally want to go professional, the thing that separates them from the ones in whom which that are great are the ones that consistently study on their craft or that continue to work at their craft, even though, you know, they run into tough times. Like that's where it's like where I if if you don't hear anything from me, I'll reiterate this. Wealth transfer is coming over a period of time. But what you do today, how you think today, how you respond today, how you move today, each day sets forth the precedent for what tomorrow will be because you build it. You got to build tomorrow. And that's the that's the part where I believe that a lot of folks are just like, you know, 
stay focused. Stay focused. You know, I think that's the best way, you know. I think if I, if I, if I never, if I, let's say if I, God forbid, <laughs> knock on wood, that I'm not, that I'm not here tomorrow, if this is my last live stream, you know, I want, you know, to leave that with you guys today. Wealth is not built just in a day. Wealth is something that takes place over time, but when it hits though, <laughs> when it hits, the question is what side of the street are you going to want to be on? Are you going to want to be the are you going to be on the, on the side of the street where now it's like you've amassed X amount as well as the knowledge and on top of that it speaks as it pertains to monetary value where you can go buy at the other side of the street or are you going to be the person that wants to live life in the fast lane and literally says okay hey I'm going to be I'm like this one thing is going to just make me wealthy and then all of a sudden it's like you just blow it and then all of a sudden it's like you start second guessing yourself or you stop believing in yourself. Mm. That's not how wealth is built. You look at it across any arena, any place, whether startups, sports, anything else, the formula is still the same. You got to put the work in and you got to you got to give yourself time. Yeah. And on that I yield my time. <laughs> well, Mark that was actually, it was needed for sure. Um, and given where we are right now with, I mean, even though we, we stated earlier, the data is lagging, still some solid perspective can be gained from the beige book yep. going forward. And especially since this is the time of year where we got to start preparing for next year and it's adding on a couple more years to that three to five year lookout, you know, yep. that you have at the beginning of the year or whatever. So if anything, this is now another tool yep. in the investors arsenal that can be used for perspective. And I think that that right there in a time like this, where the market is severely hating, you can still build up wealth on the knowledge side. And I think that's what the Beige um, book provides. And, you know, I also can't wait until, you know, some of the guests that we've had um, earlier this year and some last year come back, yep. you know, and share about some of these tools that we shared and like how they use them and then what to be looking for next. Because it, at the end and the beginning of the day, this is really about building up investor knowledge. The money is inevitable. It's it there. A tool. But the knowledge part, though, no one can take that. And you can look at it. Down, you know, I'll, I'll give people I'll give people I'll leave people with two examples. First okay. things first. I know how to go out there and get money if I need to. So if <laughs> let's say that, for example, I've developed some pretty awesome skills because the man up above was able to bless me and with the you know abilities. And then on top of that, I put the work in to do so, you know? So it's like, if I ever wanted to, I can literally go out there and create a startup that can literally, you know, have a pretty strong business model 
that can literally have a strategy as it pertains to how it launch, how it reaches customers, how it has a growth a growth strategy to scale. And then on top of that, I know how to develop. I know how to how to literally lead a team and everything else. With those things, that's more invaluable than the revenue that comes forth. The revenue is just literally a reflection of everything, of all the work and wish that I put in. So I'll never be without an opportunity in this world if I ever so to need it. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the first thing. And then the second part to that, though, it's kind of starting to leave me a little bit, um, is when I look at like wealth transfers across the board, the number one thing, like, you know, I'll, 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 I'll simplify it. How many feet, how many people right now in the market are greedy? Jolene? A lot. I would say the broad part of the market right now is fearful. Hmm. Everybody is afraid. People are doing things at right now in this market out of fear. But you know, the funny thing about it is what you saw today in the market, you know, that was like literally like something that you don't see on an everyday stance. That's why they say the worst day of something. Yeah. They don't say the worst days. They say the worst day. Like ever in history. <laughs> like, seriously. A lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Look, I look at it like this. You know, honestly, if I'm sitting back and watching everybody literally like, you know, run away from the dragon, or if I'm sitting there and watching everybody run away from such opportunity, look, I'm a greedy person when it comes to business. <laughs> and I'm a greedy person when it comes to investment. Look, as I watch each and every single one of you walk run away from the market, not not the cousins, but I'm just saying the people out there in the market, as I watch each and every single one of y'all run away, I'll keep adding and adding and adding and adding and adding. And sooner or later, when everybody comes back, oh, well, the war is over and everything else, or the dragon's gone. And then you see this castle that's sitting there <laughs> once where that dragon once stood. Just remember that. It took the people in whom which that were willing to, you know, get greedy during that point in time. It's not to say that it doesn't have its fair share of pains. Mm-hmm. It is not to say that it doesn't have its fair share of pains as you go through that process. And many times you feel like you're standing out there on a lonely island and that's okay. But the thing is, is that again, you're not investing for today. You're just making the move today. Your investment pays off later. <laughs> you mm-hmm. may be a, di- you're going to be a different person. You may grow facial hair. You may have X, you know, X, Y, Z. But again, you're not going to be the same person. And you're, it's like the world will not be the same than it is today. And that's the focus. Yeah. All right. Um, Three minutes over. It's dinner time. Yeah, <laughs> we went overboard. Uh, it's very rare that I get into one of those modes, but I feel like it had to be said um, because of the fact that you know, I, excuse my language and cover the kids' ears when I when I say this. Twenty twenty three. I'm on a no bitch assness ca- campaign right now. All right. <laughs> so. honestly it's like if if you're about it and if you're focused then be focused let's go let's go until next time i'm mark monroe 
And I'm Jolene GC in the place to be. And this has been a come up. Thank y'all for being a part of the app. We'll see you guys on next Tuesday. And it's going to be pretty blockbuster next Tuesday, just as a heads up. So, yeah, stay tuned. See y'all in the next one.